Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. We'll tell you more about them in a bit. And because uh, we, we got some basketball to talk about. And. You know, when I was thinking about planning this out, I'm like, we'll probably have to mention Matt House t- actually taking that Kansas City job, but I don't know if we're going to get to it on this edition of the show. We'll, if we don't, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll just leave it at that. Kentucky uh, did finally lose its defensive coordinator, yes. but that's not what anybody's talking about tonight. Kentucky lost to LSU on a controversial tip-in. Um, let's just jump right in, Kyle. Uh, the the rule, um, uh, the way it, it was a goal. T- I mean, it was a basket interference. Yes. Yeah, and the, so so – the game is 71-71 after Keldon Johnson hits two free throws, who'd been three of seven at the line. He hits two huge free throws and to tie quick, the game. Quick note, um, LSU did not foul intentionally there. There was uh, Wade said he, they didn't. That wasn't what well, they wanted. It wouldn't have been a bad strategy. And th- yeah, that's why most some people thought maybe that was intentional, but according to Will Wade, it wasn't, wasn't yep, what they wanted to do. Six seconds to go, they, they're up two. They foul Keldon Johnson. Uh, he makes both, and... Uh, Mays for LSU drives the length of the court, lays it up off the rim or not off the rim, still on the rim, still in the cylinder from every video I've seen. Uh, And Big B Williams tips it in at the buzzer. Uh, It kind of confused people because the officials went to the monitor, but what they were reviewing was whether that tip in beat the shot clock. They could not review whether it was basket interference on LSU. That is not a reviewable play. Um, some people have also posted, well, it didn't matter because E.J. Montgomery had his hand in the net upon reviewing the rule on that, on basket interference and goaltending. That, what he did, does not constitute basket interference. If your hand is inside in the net or inside the rim while the ball is in the cylinder or on the rim, then it's basket interference. So, so throw that out. Uh, but I will say this. It was a really silly thing to do. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. EJ, he kind of needs to know where he is in that moment. And because if it gets on the rim at any point or it gets close to the basket, then he's going to get called for that. Right. That goaltend. But uh, nonetheless, the call should have been basket interference on LSU and the game should have gone to overtime. Um, but here's what I would say about that. And Cal Perry mentioned, he is, in, well, before I do say that, my other piece here, the bottom line piece, Cal mentioned the. Uh, shot clock violation that was not called, and it was very clear uh, against Wisconsin in the Final Four that ended Kentucky's perfect season in 2015. Uh, was a huge play late in the game. Later, that was not a reviewable play. And that later was changed because, of course, you would want to be able to review that late in the game if the shot clock went off, uh, as Calipari pointed out. And he he basically said, I essentially predicted that this rule will soon change because he said, "We're Wilt Chamberlain. We change rules." Um, all of that said, and Will Wade said, uh, we were fortunate, obviously, at the end. Um, he did not concede no. that it was an uh, offensive basket interference, though. He just meant fortunate in the sense that, that we were able were to get the get tip it in. in. Um, two LSU players, Tremont Waters and Big B. Williams, who tipped it in. 
said, look good to us. <laughs> uh, and a great, I'll, I'll share this little interaction. Uh, Jerry Tipton was interviewing Tremont Waters, and he said, what are you thinking when they go to review it? And Waters said, I always leave it in God's hands. And Jerry said, all due respect, I thought God missed a goaltending, <laughs> which was very funny. And Tremont Waters said, that's negative, and I choose not to deal with negative things, so I'm not going to even answer that question. But uh, obviously LSU thought it was good. Whether they actually think it was good or not, they're glad it was good. But circling back, roundabout way, to the point, it didn't matter. Like, nope. Kentucky blew a nine-point second-half lead at home in a place where it's lost had lost eight games in um, in almost ten seasons under John Calipari. Um, shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, they got outworked in the second half, and I thought the 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 important point for Kentucky was that P.J. Washington, Reed Travis, and and John Calipari all essentially made that point. Like, we lost the game in all the moments before that. You know, the fact that LSU manhandled them in the second half. Their length bothered them. They couldn't score inside. Ashton Higgins was very bad tonight. Uh, LSU yeah. shot 52% in the second half. Kentucky shot 37%. Uh, and Kentucky was out-rebounded in the second half. So, um, you know, they blocked and contested a lot of shots. Again, Kentucky was up by nine with 18 minutes and 51 seconds to go in the game um, and just completely unraveled. Now, they did make plays down the stretch. I thought P.J. Washington was really good again. He was in foul trouble again early and often. He only ends up only playing 27 minutes. That's scores, an issue. It's a big issue. It's two straight games. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, he's going to be tested again against Tennessee. Can he, can he defend those really good post players? Uh, including the Grant Williams, the you know front runner for SEC Player of the Year, without fouling, he has twenty points, nine rebounds, and three assists in in those twenty seven minutes. I will say, can I? I'm just, and listen, he made a bunch of plays down the stretch. Yeah, and uh, you know, I asked PJ about that after the game about how comfortable he is that in crunch time things are running through him, and it was it was true in the the game before this one down at Mississippi State, and it was definitely true tonight. Even though Keldon Johnson, you know, made those last free throws. Um, but before that, was, was it well, four straight possessions that yeah, Washington well, you, got if, the shot? If you look at from from the in the final five minutes of the game, this is PJ Washington, offensive rebound, which was a tough one, uh, got his own miss um, and kicked it out to Tyler Hero in the corner for a three, steal, uh, layup, uh, missed a three, I think uh, got it back. Uh, had an and one with a minute 59 uh, to go uh, that got Kentucky within two points uh, when they were down five and then hit a jumper with a minute 12 to go to tie the game at 69. That wasn't really a jumper, though. That was well, like a runner. That's listed as a jumper. Yeah, yeah. that was a that little, runner little play that he, in the lane. Yeah, that, that, he does. Um, um, that was the other thing he did really well tonight uh, was take people off the dribble, specifically Nas Reed, who got in foul trouble. And when you were – I was going to interject, but you were on such a roll I didn't want to stop you. The second half that LSU dominated on the glass was done in large part with Nas Reed on the bench yeah, because Nas, of his own foul trouble. And P.J. got him in foul trouble. I mean, he got uh, Nas Reed and I think it was uh, Days back-to-back on back-to-back possessions got their fourth foul. Um, but Nas Reed in, in only 21 minutes, 12.7 rebounds, and hit a, hit a couple threes. And they nearly, left him wide open for a three at one point, and he just stood there and nailed it. Um and he had one rim out that was from a couple feet behind the line Way with deep Washington with PJ in his face, yeah. and he almost made that. But it was it was an, a, 
he's just obviously so super talented. And, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it, we talked about it on the last podcast. Tyler Hero said that P.J. Washington would kind of take care of him. And if you're looking at the numbers, Washington had the advantage overall. But uh, when you factor in the foul trouble, and I guess maybe to a certain extent with Washington, it was pretty close to a draw. And then, um, you know, LSU's guards dominated. And uh, I think we'll take a quick break because we were going to get into that. But that was just such a it was just bad. You talked about Higgins. One of the reasons that LSU was able to score is because their guards were getting to the rim basically at will. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys real quick uh, about First Watch. Kyle tells you every time, I won't make him talk this time, that his family loves First Watch. Do love it. It was recently voted the Lexington's best breakfast. They've got the million-dollar bacon. They've got other dishes like lemon ricotta pancakes, elevated egg sandwich, smoked salmon benedict, and all kinds of seasonal great things. So just go and check it out. Uh, on the menu. First Wash is just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day, and they get busy, but they have the First Watch mobile app now, which you can use to check out on wait times and get in line before you even get there. Uh, They've got three restaurants in Lexington, which are all locally owned, and a few in Louisville and up in Cincinnati, too. So if you're listening to us in those areas, there's a good chance that one is close to you. First Watch. Yeah, it's fresh. You are locked on Kentucky your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You mentioned Hagen's not playing well. I mean, it was it was kind of shocking almost yep. how easily Tremont Waters was getting around him. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's really reverted. This is the worst I think he's played since early in the season, and he's kind of on a four-game cold streak. I mean, he had nine assists at Mississippi State. He he had some moments. The first half he played well. Uh, second half he played very poorly. Um, but tonight he has four points, one assist. Only played twenty one minutes. He got in some foul trouble. He got a foul in the first twenty seconds. You know how many minutes he played in the first half? Four. four. Yeah, he got in, he got in pretty quick foul trouble. Um, like I said, first twenty seconds of the game he gets one, and then he gets another. Um, you know, and, and oddly though, LSU said that kind of threw him off. Will Wade said because they had planned so much for Higgins and not for Quickly, and I thought Quickly held up early on, but he was an offensive liability. Um, and he had just, three he had three turnovers in the first half, um, which I mean, were an obvious, you know, kind of an issue. But and, yeah, and those guys, so, so Higgins and Quickly, they're two point guards. Shoot a combined three for ten, six point, um, seven points. Excuse me. Two combined assists and three turnovers. That two combined assists is just yeah, and and bad. Con- conversely, Waters uh, and Smart, who was a Kentucky recruit at one point, both like top forty ish recruits when they were one's a freshman, one's a sophomore. They combined for twenty three points, ten assists, and two turnovers. So I mean, that's the game right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the length bothered Kentucky, but. P.J. and Reed still did work, 29 points and 18 rebounds between them. Um, that game was won by LSU and lost by Kentucky on the perimeter. Uh, Tyler Hero got got beat a few times defensively, uh, more than a few, I think. Quite often. Um, he, had a, you know, he had a couple big shots for them, uh, ended up hitting two threes. They were both pretty big, gave them a chance. You know, and Cal said Cal did mention this. I mean, like they they fought and they had a chance at the end of the game, and he was happy about that part. Um, you know, Keldon Johnson I thought was was good, um, other than missing early free throws. He hit the two late to tie it. He ends up, he ends up with sixteen points, five rebounds, three assists, 
Um, but, you know, again, I, I just go back to, you know, Reed Travis, I think, put it best, not surprisingly, eloquently, said, I think we do our, ourselves a disservice, was the way he put it, um, if we focus on the call at the end, because we lost it in so many other ways before that. I mean, Reed Travis, who played pretty well, he gets an offensive rebound late in the game, and instead of bringing it down, and, and the shot clock was off, right? It was. Yes. Uh, let me look at the timestamp on this. He gets an offensive rebound with 11 seconds. I'm sorry, with 29 seconds to go, and immediately throws it away. Which he said he thought they had somebody open on the perimeter for a shot, and he could just zip it out there, and they get a look. But with you know 29 seconds, you can regroup. You can pull that down. Reset your offense and play for the last shot. Now they ended up still tying the game, and then Evan, what happened happened. But that was, you know, that was one of those moments, just a mistake, and and by their most veteran player. So um, I think plenty of disappointing things, especially in the second half. I mean, you got to be, what were they up eight at halftime and up nine early in the second half? You you got to be happy with that. Like you got a top twenty team in your place that's playing really well. And you outwork them. But for the final 18 minutes of the game, they were, I think, thoroughly outplayed um, by LSU. Here are their shooting percentages in the second half, Kentucky's. They shot 36.7% from the field, 27.3% from three, and that number was actually terrible until the end when, when Tyler Hero hit the, right. hit the one. Uh, that Keldon hit one. Yeah, yeah. They both both of those guys hit one late. So well, for most of the half, they had only had one, and then they shot sixty six point seven percent from the line. Um, for the whole night, they shot sixty nine point six percent from the line, which is what five or six points below their. Yeah, they've been shooting seventy five percent. They missed seven. LSU missed one. I'm sorry, they missed three. LSU was nineteen of twenty two, eighty six percent. Yeah, the free throw line. Um, so pretty even. They they LSU attempts twenty two, Kentucky attempts twenty three, LSU makes nineteen, Kentucky makes sixteen. You lose the game by two points. I mean, that, uh, that, uh, what had been a strength for Kentucky let them down a little bit tonight. Um, you know, PJ missed the front of a one and one, I believe. Kelly did miss the front of a one and one in the first half. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it just was like. Little a little things enough across the board <laughs> that you could point. I mean, to. those are hidden when you miss the front of one and ones. That ki- I mean, that's potentially four points. Yeah, a four point swing, a bunch of little things. I mean, this it was just not a. I, I thought not a very focused second half for Kentucky. Um, not a very physical second half until you know PJ PJ did his work at the end, but they got in that position um, because LSU's length bothered them. Um, and their just effort was was greater than Kentucky's. Uh, if there's a silver lining, and I don't know that it is because you got number one coming to town. But if you could, if Kentucky could only pick one of the two games to win this week, I think they would have picked would pick the Tennessee game. And now we, I think we can say safely that Kentucky will beat will have an edge, or if not, then there really is a problem. But I would think Kentucky will yeah. have an edge now. I asked PJ Washington, does he hope now that the, this is a pissed off team? Saturday, and he said, I know it will be um, because, you know, guys are mad in there. They, they felt like they could have won that game and should have won that game. He also acknowledged that with the, all these freshmen they're counting on, and we talk about how poorly Ashton Hagens played and how Tyler Hero played defense and Emmanuel Quickly and some of those guys, 
you know, he said they're fresh. They are still freshmen at the end of the day. And if you win ten in a row and you kind of keep, you know, they've had these games where they blew leads, but held off the other team and still managed to win. I mean, it just happened Saturday. And what up eighteen and had to hold it, hold on to win. Happened at Auburn. Up whatever they were up fifteen and had yeah. to hold on to win. So. When you do that and it keeps working out for you and you've won 10 in a row and you're playing with a bunch of freshmen, it is pretty hard not to get a little arrogant and not to think you're always going to be able to do that and just turn it on when you need to turn it on. As Cal pointed out tonight, you're up nine late, you know, early second half. There were a bunch of opportunities to stretch that out to 13, 14, 15, at which point you're feeling a lot better about being yeah. able to close it out. And they just didn't make those plays. Yeah, and I mean that's that's probably the toughest part of the game. It's obviously great that you can, in late game situations, make big plays, but you would prefer to be able to make those plays when you're up eight, and that lead goes to twelve. You know, through a stretch, as opposed to having to come back from down five late in a game. And Kentucky hasn't been able to do that um, recently. And by the way, actually, the 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 first nine point lead was. 18-some minutes to go. They actually still led by nine with 16.49 to go. Um, and then it was, I mean, for Kentucky, it was layup, uh, LSU layup, turnover by P.J. Washington, uh, layup for LSU, miss by Keldon Johnson, uh, two missed free throws from Keldon Johnson, um, you know, a series, basically a series of mistakes, another, another turnover by P.J. Washington, and then a dunk for Skylar Mays. And so in that time, for, in the span of two and a half minutes, Kentucky goes from up nine to up three, giving up layup, layup, dunk, with two P.J. Washington turnovers and Keldon Johnson missing yeah, a yeah. jump shot and two free throws. And there you go. And, I mean, that's the situation that we kind of just – at the end of the game, it showed that P.J. Washington – can make is basically an unstoppable force when he gets it in, in a solid position. But instead, in in a in a time when they could have extended a lead and put the game away, he has turnovers. Keldon Johnson makes two of the most pressure free throws you can ask somebody to make. You got to make both of these. We're down two under ten seconds. He makes both of them. But in the middle of the game, he he misses two. Yep. And that's what Calipari was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean and they're up five the at thing. that point. You know, they're up five when when he misses his two free throws. You know and. Instead of going up seven, the next play is a dunk for LSU, and it's a three-point lead. So instead of seven, it's three in the blink. I mean, those are, those are you know, that's where you lose the game in the middle of the game as opposed to on some play at the end that everybody's going to debate forever. Yep. Um, but, you know, look, Kelvin overall played well. P.J. had his sixth 20-point game in the last seven. I mean, he is – I mean, seven straight games he has delivered for Kentucky. I think he's played well enough for Kentucky to win. Uh, in all those, and they have won all but this one. And so now they go into the biggest game of the year. Yeah, and we're going to talk about what this loss means for Kentucky kind of in the SEC and overall coming up next. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So instead of, for, instead of Saturday it being a who's going to take the outright lead for the SEC, Kentucky's going to, what, try, try not to get to back f- into second place. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're a- in third now. LSU's alone in second. And Tennessee's uh, now two games up on Kentucky. Um, that's the thing. I mean, Kentucky now has to beat Tennessee probably twice 
to be in the mix to win the league. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. they're they're now two games back. Yeah, that's um, if you want to look at it, Kentucky can control the outcome of where they finish in regards to Tennessee because obviously they have two losses now in conference. Tennessee has none, but if they beat Tennessee twice, they'll yeah. have the tiebreaker. They, they still, as people LSU, say, control their own destiny, but not over LSU because LSU uh, now has the tiebreaker over them in theory. But correct, and, and I would say tonight we we should also focus on. Tonight, LSU announced itself as a legitimate contender in the league. That's the thing I wanted to talk about because I and these I've gotten comments on the videos I've uploaded, and I've gotten tweets as well uh, in reply to John Calipari comments that I've, I've sent out, and it was out coached again. Yeah, and I and you can you can kind of question John Calipari's coaching, and I, I honestly I won't debate you in some instances, but tonight it wasn't that at all. No. It was LSU guards beating Kentucky guards off the dribble. LSU bigs grabbing rebounds over uh, Kentucky bigs. The one play that John Calipari pointed out specifically was P.J. Washington when he picked up his fourth foul because he didn't box out, and the LSU player just ran around him, got in front of him, and P.J. went over his back. So, I mean, this yeah. isn't this wasn't a coaching loss. I, you can maybe... I don't know exactly what you could quibble with. I'm sure there are little things you can get mad about in a coaching standpoint, but overall, this was a this was a players-driven uh, game. Yeah, and I, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a play at the end where Cal had a chance to draw it up and it failed, or you know, he used his timeout. Right, he used his timeout. He got a play. I mean, really, LSU made the mistake. I mean, yeah. if you want, what is what is uh, Will Wade coaching them to do if they foul Kelton Johnson? When they're not supposed to foul him and sit with six seconds to go, but uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, by the way, yeah, you say it. You're gonna, uh, yeah. As we're recording this, I don't know how it's gonna turn out. You'll know by the time you're listening. But I am just seeing that Louisville is up by 19. That is right, 19 with 12:40 to go on Duke down the road at the Yum Center. And I actually said this would be like this would when they were up nine at halftime. This would cap the nightmare day for Kentucky fans. But uh, many have written back they would be happy for this they don't, that they don't hate Chris Mack's version of Louisville nearly as much as they hate Duke, and they would be happy to see Duke lose. But oh, it's now twenty fifty six to thirty six with eleven forty six to go. I I mean that is really stunning to me. Yes, I didn't think anybody could do that to Duke. I mean, this is a Duke team that beat Kentucky by 36. They're down by 20 to somebody, to anybody. That would have surprised me. That, the fact that they only have 36 points with under 12 minutes to go in the game. I mean, they've only, they've only scored seven in the first eight minutes of the half, second half. Uh, man, that, that <laughs> I can barely finish this podcast because I can't really uh, believe that is a real score. But Jordan Nora uh, is playing really well. He's got seventeen and eight to Zion's sixteen and eight. So I'm sure if they lose by twenty five, it'll be uh, an ESPN montage of how all the good plays Zion made in a losing effort. But that's wow. So yeah. So Kentucky <laughs> loses at home to LSU, just the ninth loss at Rupp Arena in ten years under Cal Perry. And same night, looks like Duke is going to lose to Louisville, although. A lot of time left. Duke shot all their threes and made all their threes against Virginia, and now they're regressing to the mean, and that progression is probably hitting them, hitting them pretty, pretty freaking hard. Um, the last one I wanted to discuss, there's been a lot of talk about Kentucky's path to a number one seed after the NCAA tournament came out with their top 16 seeds. 
I asked PJ Washington if any of the players were aware of that. He said no. They they were completely unaware of where they came in those rankings. You know, they were fifth overall in the NCAA's eyes. Obviously, you would imagine this loss would drop them, and then they have the potential on Saturday to make that ground back up. Um, but overall, uh, seeding with UK basketball is kind of been shown through the years to not be <laughs> that important, uh, specifically in the John Calipari era. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. If they split the difference, if they lose lose to LSU on a controversial play and then beat number one Tennessee, they probably won't move at all in the rankings and, and probably won't move at all on the seed lines. Like, I, I think now they can't jump up to a one. I think if they'd swept these games, they would have. Yes. But I think they'd stay. I think they'd stay on the two line if they beat Tennessee. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm posting post-game interviews as we speak. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. He'll have something up on The Athletic by the time you're listening to this, most likely. Hopefully. Um, and if not, just, just follow him on Twitter, and I'll tweet out the link several times with little, nice little cute screenshots of the cool quotes that he has in there, and then <laughs> you can subscribe and, and read the rest of it. Um, um, you know, we're going to be previewing Tennessee upcoming, uh, that still on the horizon. And, uh, so be sure to be subscribed, rated, rate the podcast and review it. Those really help. Um, and then most importantly, share it. You can also follow us on sh- social on Twitter. We are at locked on UK on Facebook or at just search locked on Kentucky. Thanks again to first watch for sponsoring this edition of the show. And Kyle, do you have something else to say? You're holding the microphone like you're, you're, no, I'm just zoned out checking this uh, score. Duke is now one for twelve shooting in the second half. I'm just, I'm just sort of mystified by it. When you think <laughs> about it, this, this just blows the transitive property all to hell. Because not only did Kentucky lose by thirty six to this Duke team, it was a long time ago, but also this Kentucky team went to that same building they're playing in tonight and pretty easily handled Louisville, not that long ago. Yep. And now Louisville is trouncing. Duke. So transitive property is dead. Yes, it is. It's always been dead. It's always it's it's impossible to do that roundabout. But uh, R.I.P. Transitive property. R.I.P. R.P. Duke. I guess. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Their season's over. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. It's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, 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 hello. Okay. <clears throat>